0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How'd You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Camila Elliott, who is president at Grid 202 Partners. Hi, Camila. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Leila. I appreciate it. So I guess we can jump into the questions and start off with a quick introduction about who you are and perhaps an answer to the main question of the podcast, which is how'd you do it and why should I
1: care? Great. Yeah. So my name is um, Camila Elliott. I am president of GRID202 Partners. Um, We are a holistic financial um, planning firm headquartered in D.C., but we're everywhere. I'm talking to you um, this afternoon from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, So how did I do it and why should you care? So I did it um, by following my passion. And something that I love doing is helping to educate others about their finances and creating a lot of financial literacy. Um, And um, why should you care? And I I think the reason is, is that this is one of the hugest gaps that we have for women. Number one is just increasing financial literacy for women. Um, One of the things I talk about is we often say that, Oh, well, women, it's a small sector, it's a small niche, but women now are the majority of the U.S. workforce. Mm. We're obtaining college degrees at a higher rate than men and bachelor's degrees and master's degrees and PhDs. Um, But we are disproportionately impacted because we don't often have the financial literacy to empower us, to reach our goals, um, to manage issues like death and divorce and disability that really impact us more than men. And then, lastly, Layla. And more importantly, um, we're talking on June seventeenth. June nineteenth is coming up this Saturday, and there's a lot of discussion about the black wealth gap, right? And most of my clients are people of color, and one of the things that we consistently hear, and there's papers that you know are being provided and reporting recording, there is a significant black wealth gap. Mm-hmm. You know, we earn less than our non-black counterparts. Our wealth is less. So, one of the things that I'm passionate about doing is helping to close that gap and close that gap through awareness and financial planning.
0: That's awesome. So, my next question begs me to ask what inspired you to join the financial services industry?
1: It's ironic. My undergraduate degree is in communications. Um, but then I started working at a bank part time in college. Mm-hmm and i spoke with individuals that were on the financial planning side and i'm like what do you do is actually kind of interesting and i found money to be interesting and i got to tell you layla when i when i told my family you know that i was going to you know switch i'm not going to go into communications i'm going to go into finance they also didn't make sense cuz i used to play with money when i was little <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um But I will say this, you know, it was something that I picked up pretty easily and I I just found it to be really fascinating. And that's always my advice to people is to pick something that you're passionate about, that you enjoy reading about, that even on your day off. Right. You don't mind picking up The Wall Street Journal or reading CNBC or reading articles about building wealth. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you have a passion about you can typically do very well and help others.
0: Awesome. That's very great advice. And um, you kind of alluded to it a little little earlier with the Wall Street Journal. But what were the best resources that helped you
1: in your journey, in your career? Um, The biggest resources I'm going to tell you are people. Mm. Um, You know, picking people that you would like to emulate or whose knowledge can best complement you um, and your background and experience. So I'll say the resources that I, you know, gravitated was, I had great mentors. I had people that were vested in my success. And, you know, one of the the mentors, this is going to be really odd, because I think it's a really fun story, is that I volunteered for um, the VITA TAX program when I was at Vanguard. Yeah. And we do TAXes for low-income families. And I was fairly new to the organization, and I didn't realize that one of the volunteers I was working with was the head of fixed income at Vanguard.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: what do you do at, I was like, Bob, what do you do at Vanguard? He's like, Camila, I'm the head of fixed income. And, <laughs> and right when that happened, I was transitioning roles working with institutional asset managers. Mm. Um, and but he, he was my mentor. Mm. So he would sit and explain complex bond um, concepts and principles. And the timing when I was in the role, Layla, was 2008. Mm-hmm. So Very interesting time. And, CDO and CDO squared and tranches and all those conversations. So he would send me articles to read and we would meet for coffee and he would ask me to explain them back to him. Mm-hmm. And how would I discuss it with the client? Right. So I think the resources are really important. Of course, you know, I read the Wall Street Journal every day. Um, I, I read a lot about the history, like books like The Intelligent Investor, books by Bert Malkiel. You know, you want to learn the history of, of you know markets and how they work. Um, I read other fun things, and if this, this is fun for me because I'm in the industry, right? Um, but I, you know, a random walk down Wall Street. Um, but then also more event driven things and understanding like business psychology, um, like The Black Swan, like how mm-hmm. the 2008 happened. All the Devils Are Here was a great book that I read. So it's a, it's it's more legacy pieces and period pieces. But then I also read a lot about leadership Mm. and how people, you know, navigate, not only understanding the industry, but how do they lead and inspire change. Mm. Uh, So one of my favorite books is True North, um, about finding and identifying your leadership style. Um, And and so I read a myriad of things lately to really develop my expertise. But I think it's really important, though, to not just read things in isolation, but to have a conversation about them and how they're relevant to you how they're relevant to your organization, how they're relevant to your role or, you know, where you see yourself going in your career next steps.
0: Definitely. Very useful advice. I think that passion that you have for your work definitely comes across in the fact that you pick up books in your free time or you, you know, take a walk down Wall Street. So it's very clear to me. And um, it seems like, you know, your network was one of your biggest um, assets when you were in your career. But I'm curious, were there any lessons that you wish you would have known before starting in the industry that people didn't tell you about?
1: Um it isn't as difficult as people make it out to be. Mm. I think sometimes we overcomplicate things. Um, and one of the things I wish I've known, like I, I let I let certain roles or, you know, products or things intimidate me. And um, I wish I would have just not, you know, I, I think as women, I'll just share, we have this like whole imposter syndrome, right? Mm. Like, can I do it, you know? Am I really capable of um, understanding this, delivering? The one thing I will say is I wish I just got rid of imposter syndrome when I was, like,
0: 18. It's <laughs> mm. <laughs> is- much uh, more easier said than done, I would say. Exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. exactly.
0: And um, following on from that, I'm sure you've had very many learning opportunities in your life, but what would you say was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it?
1: My biggest failure related to this is um, – I had a wonderful department head at Vanguard and there was a role that he said, I think you'd be great for Camila. And it was working in like a portfolio, review group. And I, again, I got intimidated and I, I bowed out of it. I said, I don't think I have everything you're looking for. Someone else may be better for this. Mm. And then I saw the person that got the role and they didn't have nearly the experience that I had. Um And so I will say, you know, people who want you to succeed are going to make sure you succeed and they won't put opportunities in front of you. They don't think that you'll be you're capable of exceeding. Mm -hmm. So if you have someone that believes in you, that's supporting you, that advocates for you and when they put something in front of you, see it as a challenge, you know, versus seeing it as an opportunity for failure. Um and I wish I would have had that challenge mindset and open mindset much earlier in my career
0: definitely and throughout this conversation you've been dropping some really helpful pieces of advice but what would be one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is wanting to pursue a career similar to yours
1: um I would say you have to be prepared for continuous learning mm. industry is ever evolving Right. You know, one of the things now, like we're talking about is how do you develop a really good, strong knowledge of cryptocurrency? Mm-hmm. Like I've known 10 years ago, we'd be talking about how do we incorporate cryptocurrency in client portfolios? Mm-hmm. Um, so one, one bit of advice is if you're someone who has a lot of intellectual curiosity, that is a continuous learner, has an extremely open mindset, this is a great industry. And those are the, I think, three characteristics that are really critical for you to be successful um, in financial planning or just investment management overall.
0: Mm, Definitely. That's a really great piece of advice, continuous learning and having that growth mindset. And um, following on from that, I feel like the financial services industry has been around for a long time and people think they know a lot about it. But what would be one common myth about the industry that you work in? And uh, would you like to debunk
1: it right here, right now? Great. But people often think that financial planning is just me trading portfolios all day long and mm. putting people into models and all kinds of you know asset allocations. But it's actually one of the smallest percentages of what I do every single day. Mm. So, as a financial advisor, most of my time is sitting in front of my clients um, and learning about their financial goals. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we're expounding upon is like client psychology. Right. How do I understand your goals, your fears, your challenges um, so I can help plan effectively? Um, A lot of my role is really being a psychologist and and, and like even work with couples and competing priorities and challenges. Um, So some people will say, you know, I'm going to stay away from financial planning because I I really don't like, you know, they'll say I don't like math, which math is a part of it. But I think people have a, a perception that that's all that I do all day. Mm-hmm. Um, when in actuality, very little of my day is spent doing that or, you know, asking questions, um, understanding goals and thinking strategically of how we can help people address like everyday concerns of buying a house, buying a house, mm-hmm. buy a fire and doing analysis there. Um, you know, it's 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 a lot, um, this industry is a lot more holistic than people make it out to be.
0: Definitely, I would agree. And um, you're probably very busy as well as president of a company, but I'm curious, and you touched upon this earlier, what have you read
1: or listened to recently
0: that's really inspired you? Um,
1: this is a little bit older of a book, not too old, but, you know, one of the books that I really was inspired by was Becoming by mm-hmm. Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is because when you see her, you just she's always so put together. Right. And you think she has it all figured out. And um, and one of the things that I really enjoyed reading about her is, you know, she's like me and that she had similar challenges. Mm. Um, you know, similar opportunities with the like imposter syndrome, or you know, knowing can can she do this or do that. Um, and you know, trying to, you know, balance the hope of um being really successful in her career and family Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, building a network of, 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 her community and, and supporting her spouse Barack. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And so it really inspired me that, you know, we have this image of what perfection looks like and, you know, having it all and we can try to have it all, but, you know, it, it, um, it's kind of a myth in a way, right? You know, something that's has to give and in your life, things ebb and flow. Your friend gets more attention versus work. But, you know, having a really realistic viewpoint of what's possible um, and what you can reasonably attain was really inspiring to me.
0: Definitely. And um, you mentioned obviously people were uh, one of your greatest resources in your career journey. I'm curious, who were three people in your life
1: who have been the most influential to you? Can I say living and not living just to give you? Yep. Yep. Um, So number one, I'm going to say is my grandmother. Um, You know, she's passed away. But if you ask anyone, I'm a lot like her. Um, You know, she was a social butterfly. She was always the entertainer. Um, But one of the things that I most admired about her is that how she treated people. Mm -hmm. Um, She was always kind, always warm, always welcoming. Um, she said hello to everyone. Maybe that was her Southern roots coming into play, right? Um, they were raised, she was raised in um, Augusta, Georgia. Um, um, and so how she treated people and the warmth that she really, um, you know, just had around her. I remember, you know, at her funeral, I, I was a teenager, but everyone just just was, you know, commenting on just how she was always smiling, supportive, and she never said anything negative about anyone, right? If she had something, it it wasn't her mind. Like she, she, she was like me, Layla. She didn't have a poker face, which I don't have either. And that's where I get it from. But, you know, but she was always someone that her silence was something that was noted versus speaking ill of others. Mm -hmm. And she really understood and valued relationships and nurtured them and supported them and really created a familial unit, not just with our family, but even with her friends. Um, and so she inspires me just because of the way she acted and treated others. And I think that's something that's lost today um, in that we really should be kind to everyone. And we don't know what people are going through. It's okay, yeah. that extension of warmth. This means so, so much to people. I always think of the Maya Angelou quote, people don't always remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. Right. Kind mm-hmm. of. I'm paraphrasing. Right. But I think we know that quote in, in, in um, terms of its, um, its point. Um, the second person um, that really helped change um, my career, um, I would have to say um, there was a woman at Vanguard. She was, uh, you know, ahead head of one of the HR groups. And I met her at a day when my career was really at a crossroads. And I was really challenged. I, I think you know, everything happens for a reason. It was a day that I was extremely upset, and we kept having this lunch date. You know, pushed back, and that one day is when we finally got together. And she is someone that had me assess my skills. Her name was Sharon Barnes. Um, she was someone that had me assess. You know, what things do I do really well, and do I not do well? And you know, we now know this is now discover your strengths, right? Everyone knows that book but she really walked me through that and said here are the things from knowing about you that you do really well this is what you should focus on mm. stop trying to make things that are opportunity strengths just don't make them derailers which mm. is you know here's what i know of you here here's why i see people talk about your you know how you add how you add a, how you contribute to the business in your role yeah and she really changed my mindset in that um, I use this quote, Layla, like "stay in your lane." Mm. All the time. and I know my lane, and I really focus on being really successful and supporting my clients and my life doing that. And things that I don't do well, I delegate to others, <laughs> and and don't try to do it all. Yeah. Um. And I would say the the last individual that really, um, I would say, and this sounds so. Cliche, um, but one of my biggest mentors that I like don't know, but I watched growing up was like Oprah, <laughs> uh, and this sounds so crazy, but um, I remember coming home from t- from school every day to watch Oprah every day, like mm-hmm. at four o'clock on Channel Six religiously. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that for me was watching her is that anything is possible. Um, that a young girl from she's from like Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. Um, could be one of the richest, wealthiest African-American women in the world Mm. and so beloved. And she broke the stereotypes of what most people think about me and they look at African-American women. Mm. Um, And everyone just gravitated to her and her her warmth. Um, And that's something that for me was like a, a symbol of this is something I can aspire to do. Um, I even model my speech a lot after her, Layla. Um, I'm from the Northeast, and I can speak really quickly. Mm. And I used to listen to Oprah and follow her enunciation as a way to be a better public speaker, too. Um, so she's someone I, I definitely model myself after. Not, you know, everything, but in terms of the level of success, um, her greatness as a public speaker, and the influence she's had amongst a lot of African-American women, she's someone that I do admire.
0: Awesome. And then finally, to wrap up our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life? Stop
1: worrying. Definitely. Um, Worry doesn't make it better. Worry won't change things. Um, Turn the worry into solutions. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So that that that's the one piece of advice I would definitely give others and, and give myself if I could.
0: <laughs> I think a lot of people need to hear that. You know, sometimes you just focus so much on worrying that you forget to be in the present. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much again, Camila, for taking the time to speak with me today. It was truly engaging to have this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye.